fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. What's up, everybody? This is your favorite personal stylist, the hostess with the mostest, and of always, the only Holly you need to know. This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We have had so much going on and we are in total high demand, maybe in our minds, I don't know, but it feels like we got a lot going on. We had the New York Fashion Week wrap up last week with our lady about town, Mr. Noli. We have a trend report that was last week before that. So that's very exciting. Make sure if you want to know what the trends are, tune in. I go over it one by one in a lot of very unhealthy codependent detail. So make sure that you go back and listen to that episode. But today we have a BFD alert, just saying hot alert. We have Today, a guest that was very, she was a very hard Bronco to saddle, but indeed, <laughs> I did it. I got it. Janae Luciani Senna. God yes. damn it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. Not Heidi, not Heather. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, hey, Jen. She's like, bitch, it's Janae. I was like, God, sorry. I'm so used so- to it. I'm I know. So I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, she's like. I can pencil you in for 27 minutes. I was like, great, I'll take it. Janae, I cannot, her bio, she is an accredited journalist and internationally renowned best-selling author, regularly seen on national television outlets such as Access Daily, Today Show, Dr. Oz. She is Women's World Magazine Ultimate Experts in Bras. She's a TED Talk speaker, a mom of four, I mean, she wants to help people wear the correct bra. And anyone who's in my Insider Bestie crew knows that is what I've been screaming from the mountaintops. Why are you not wearing the right size bra? I found out about Janae actually through Vian Milano, who sells Italian thigh high stockings. So I want to introduce you to her. She found out about you somehow, somewhere. She's like, get on it. You need to interview her. She has my book. She has my book. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I also have your book. Get it. (laughs) Um, And this This, is her newest. (laughs) Yeah, this is her newest book, but she has written the bra book and the bra book number two. And let me tell you, it's detailed. Okay. It's detailed. So I am very excited to have you. Thank you so much. I want to cut right to the chase because I know that we've got a lot of ground to cover. (laughs) I know why I've been yelling at people for so long about the right size bra. Why have you been yelling at people for so long? Pretty much the same reason you have. Um, My background is in journalism, as you mentioned, and in fashion journalism. I was a fashion editor for a magazine. I was in television, in production, producing content for fashion designers like Michael Kors and Calvin Klein and all of these big name people, and then transitioned to on-camera giving style advice as a fashion editor. 
So then I was doing makeovers on women on TV and um, realizing, you know, everything really starts with the right foundation. And you really can't help a woman with her style and her confidence if you don't start there. So that was something that I sort of set out on a mission and having my own personal attachment to all things boobs and bras and growing up with this boob struggle of my own, essentially, that is sort of what made it like, I guess, a passion and a niche for me. Um, Also, and I never talk about this in interviews anymore. And I don't know why you just reminded me, but (laughs) like, I go way back with clothing and fashion in that my mom owned a clothing store when I was a kid. So my parents actually ran it together. I grew up helping my mom pick out clothes, you know, pick out clothes from buyers and helping even sometimes with customers at like eight or nine years old, just kind of playing dress up in the dressing room and just being around the store. So just realizing from a really early age, like what fashion and style and foundations are all about. Can you share, if you want to, if you don't be like, next question, (laughs) can you share what was your bra issue? So I actually share it in the first edition of the bra book. So the you have the second printing of it where I sort of took out my own kind of story and added more content for our customers, readers, you know, bra, people bra shopping. But my personal story is that I developed as a teenager during puberty with something called tubular breast deformity. And I had no idea what it was for like years. Um, I just know that I looked around at girls in the locker room, you know, and had friends in their see would see friends in their bathing suits and and so on and so forth. And I looked so different from them uh, in the chest area. And I was like, Oh, my God, what is wrong with me? I can't let anyone see these like my boobs are so weird. I called them like my mutant boobs. (laughs) And so I was I grew up in a very small town in upstate New York called Hudson, New York. And I didn't have access really to anything other than Victoria's Secret, which was 45 minutes away at the mall. So I turned 16 years old and I would drive up to the mall and I would get the miracle bra and I would get the miracle swimsuit too. And I would take the padding out on the one side that was the tubular breast. I would add the padding there. I would take it out on the side of the larger breast. And then I would, I learned essentially how to adjust my bra straps and make it work for asymmetrical breasts. But during those formative years, it really took a toll on me emotionally and mentally, you know, just feeling so different. And as a young girl and a woman being, you know, this is me developing and just having this issue. And so that's really where I really started to um, have an affinity kind of for, for bras and what they could do. And so do you still have the condition today? Do you grow out of it? Is it like... So you don't grow out of it. The one good thing about it is that it is not medical. Really, in the only medical kind of issue that stemmed from it is that when I became pregnant, I wasn't able to breastfeed because I didn't get any milk in the tubular breast. And so some women have one that's tubular or both, so you might not get milk production. But I opted to undergo a breast reconstruction when I got out of college and started working full-time for an NBC station. Um, I had a paycheck and I financed it. And because it was totally considered cosmetic, even though it was so mentally and emotionally traumatic for me, I financed this surgery and everything. And I had a reconstruction and implants put in, which subsequently led to a complication and had to have surgery again and have the implants replaced. Yeah. So I literally, what like one statement I make in the bra book is when will my breasts stop ruling my life? And the funny part about that is 
they really never did, but now it's in a positive way <laughs> because now I'm able to help all these other women with all of my expertise and everything as a journalist that I've uncovered really about bras and now having fitted and worked with a thousand women. I mean, I've lost count over all these years. Now they're really kind of ruling my life in such a positive way because, you know, people know me as the bra lady and the bra expert. But during that time, it was a very negative and an emotional thing for me. So no, I don't still have the problem really, I guess, technically, as far as the way they look, they look pretty much normal, whatever normal is, because I always say no two boobs are alike. So well, you also had children too. Yes, so I mean, children. I have two biological children, yeah. two are bonus, two are bio. So because people always ask me, have you had four pregnancies? And I'm like, I don't know why that's the question I like get all the time. But I'm like, okay, I've just had two pregnancies. <laughs> but you know, yes, that's enough to have your body and your breasts undergo like plenty of changes from that as well. Did you have children late in life or did you have them young? So I was really busy with my career and I really wanted to get my book published, which took a couple of years really um, to get the uh, publishing deal for the bra book, you know, between it took a year just getting the proposal together and then doing my research, you know, working on women and doing TV segments at that same time um, and everything else I was doing. I wanted to get my book published. So I had my first, my daughter, I got pregnant with her. When I was writing the bra book and then I gave birth to her a month before I went on a book tour. So I took her with me a lot of places. Um, and I joke in the book that thanks to Gigi, I had this extra increase in my bra size while I was writing. Right. And then my second book, Get It, that I co-authored with Jacqueline Lorita, I gave birth to Callan at 38 years old during that. So I now the joke was like, I need to um, stop writing books so I can stop having babies. <laughs> so because it was like, talk about everything at once, like trying to have a newborn and then have a newborn and like promote a national, international basically book. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, shout out to you, first of all, because yeah, anybody you. who knows me knows I opted out of having babies. I was like, um, no, I'm good. But I do Not have for a, everybody. Yeah, I have a stepson. So shout out to the stepmoms club. Yes, bonus moms. Bonus moms Step are very mom. important. Anyway, yeah, bonus mom. <laughs> that's my pride and joy. He's my kid. So I totally uh, I, I, I totally feel you on that. So 85% of women in America, that's a lot. Okay. Right. Where are the wrong size brought? Where did that statistic come from and why? explain yes. this to me. Why? So around the time that I got the idea for the bra book was when Oprah did her big bra intervention show and got everybody talking about it. And Oprah was the one that first said it. So if Oprah said it, it must be true. Obby. Um, <laughs> so Oprah said that stat and she was working with Susan Netherow from Intimacy Boutiques, which is, she's since sold it and it's called something else, but, um, Rigby and Peller. Rigby and Peller. That's what I thought. Okay. Oprah and Susan essentially kind of put that stat out there. And in my opinion, based on my work with women, it's more. I think at any given time, you can say 95 to 99% of women are in the wrong bra. And that's only because at any point in your bra wearing life, you are likely at some point in the wrong size. And when I do events, like I always kind of take stock. I just did a women's event two weekends ago and I fitted, you know, 30 women, let's say, and I kind of take stock like, okay, 
how many women were in the wrong size at this particular event. And that's how I average out where I kind of get my stats from. And so I would say only about two or three out of the 30 women actually were in their correct size. That makes me think that the stat is like much higher, you know, because every event I do, I could say on average, there's like one woman who is in the right size out of all of the, out of all of them. So with that being said, coupled with you're a bra expert, you're not a personal stylist, right? But well, give, I've styled as well. So I think style advice, having that background correct, and be having been a fashion editor and everything helps kind of so you do I understand how to dress a woman. Yes, exactly. Right. So you do both. So explain the physical difference between wearing the right size and wearing the wrong size and the difference that it makes in your clothes. I mean, I think it makes a huge difference. And I think most of us know and can tell the difference, whether we want to face it or address it or not. Like I had a woman lift up her shirt at the event the other day and her breasts, she was wearing a molded cup, like a t-shirt bra and her breasts were almost squished into a shape that was like horizontal, (laughs) right? Almost like a tube going horizontally. And she said, he's constantly getting this. So what was happening is the cups were collapsing on her bra because the bra was completely the wrong size. And I think she had both the wrong band and cup size. So, oh, that is another point too that I want to mention is that it's very important when you're talking about bra sizing that you talk about the band and the cup size together because they're not independent from each other. They work together because bra sizes are based on volume. So I don't even remember what your original question was because I got on this tangent, but... What the difference between... what it looks like in your clothes. Correct. So this woman could tell clearly in her clothing that this was giving her breasts an odd shape. The wrong bra was giving her breasts an odd shape. It can completely change the shape. Obviously the wrong bra, the band is riding up in the back and the, the bra is riding down in the front. That's going to cause... It appeared to have, you know, you appear to be sagging. So it's changing the shape of the breast, sagging. Um, a lot of times women get splaying from their bra. So the breath, they'll go kind of east-west and splay to the sides. The bra typically one is too big. What I find is most women are wearing a band that's too big. So when that's happening, their breasts are kind of splaying to each side. So there's like all sorts of weird phenomena that can happen under your clothing. To me, like so many women with the gem bra, which is my bra collection that I did for QVC last year with the gem bra, like the it's a soft cup bra. So it's not a molded cup. It's not foam. So it has a seam down the middle. And so many women were like, oh, I don't really like that seam. And I'm like, okay, the seam is there for a reason, gives your breast shaping, helps the cups to not collapse. So if the seam is the least of your worries, but the rest of the bra is great and fits great, then that's like literally, literally the least of your worries because so many other things are happening with these, these wrong bras on women. I say your bra should not hurt. It should be comfortable. It should not be fucking leaving red marks in your shoulders. Like you're carrying, I don't know what, like a, you know, Mm -hmm. a sack full of bricks, right? Right. Yeah. You shouldn't take off your bra and be so like, God, I'm dying. Right. Like all the memes, right? Of like taking off your bra at the end of the day. (laughs) Correct. And your breast should be on the inside frame of your body, not up, not down, not to the side. So that is true as well. Yes. And your nipple line, like I always tell women, a good rule of thumb is your nipple line should be right about halfway between your shoulder and your elbow. Right here. 
So, you know, they're sitting properly in the cups. Exactly. So like, I mean, and granted it's personal preference too. If there's some, if you like to have your breasts like two inches from your chin and that's <laughs> what you're comfortable with, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I like, who am I to tell you what you should look like, you know, and if it feels good. And I say this at events too. I'm like, if you are comfortable and I mean comfortable in every way where you're not digging or pulling or sliding or whatever, and you like the way you look, then you don't really need me to tell you anything. You know, you're fine. But if you're in a situation where you know this isn't right or this isn't good, then make a change, you know, get a fitting, fit yourself, make a change. So do you agree with the following statement? If you're gigantic boobs, Mm -hmm. okay, if you are, if you have very large boobs, Yes. I put people in minimizers because they've never mm-hmm. been in a minimizer before and it helps fit them in clothes mm-hmm. properly and not be the boobs the first thing that you see, right? Do you agree right. with that statement? It's funny that you bring up minimizers because I taped Access Hollywood Daily last week and that's airing today. Yes. And it's about, it's about, this whole segment is maximizers, aka pushups and minimizers. And that's what they wanted. Like, what can we do if we want to make them look bigger? What can we do if we want to make them look smaller? And so I, I am not, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the minimizers that are on the market because I do think they tend to, the idea of a minimizer is to kind of, like you said, flatten the breast, the bust line, reduce the bust line by like an inch or so, the projection of the breast, like the protruding of the breast line. So that is what the minimizer's job is. A lot of minimizers really just kind of make you look squished like a, you have a uniboob, which um, we, like, we don't want that either. So I'm very like particular when it comes to a minimizing style. My, like the gem bra, just being a soft cup can easily be a minimizer for women because it's not, there's no foam, there's no padding, there's nothing that's maximizing the shape of your breasts. It's just simply holding your breasts in the cups. So something like that is fine. Like you don't have to necessarily look for a minimizer per se, because I think so many of them on the the market are like really, really hard to get a flattering look. So I did show a couple of minimizers on the show that I really did like, that I thought looked really nice and didn't give that uniboob effect, but something maybe that has more of a plunging and not like a higher bridge in the center might be, you know, there's just more flattering options. So I don't want to say like, I agree with you. Yes. Like wait, if you need to, you know, reduce the projection of breasts for a certain aesthetic or a certain evening gown or certain outfit or whatever, yes, do that. But women have, well, might have a tough time just looking for a minimizer and getting something that is like what you and I would consider to be aesthetically pleasing, basically. It, It doesn't have to be the only thing that you wear is what you're saying. Yes, there are other styles of bras that could give you that same effect without squishing and flattening the bust line into like one mass. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of them, I feel like a lot of them do that. And I think that's like an old school like bra design and like bra companies. And I know this because I've consulted with lots of companies. I talk to people all the time. Bra companies, a lot of times, are not doing innovations purposely because they're giving women what they want. They want to sell bras and the customer wants, like, for example, I talked to a VP of one major bra company and they said to me, 
The only reason we're doing underwires is because people want them. You really no longer need an underwire. It's because you feel like you need it or that's your preference or you want it. So bra companies are still delivering it. So bra companies are still delivering this minimizer that squishes and flattens you because that's what you want. (laughs) Right. So that's why I love like doing a show like Access or doing an article or something where I'm like, here's what's new and innovative. But like, we know we hate change. You know what I mean? We don't like change. We like the same old thing. We really are comfortable. That's just our human nature. I think you have these companies just making these kind of like antiquated design styles that aren't flattering because that is what women are asking for. I totally agree with you. Do you agree with this statement? Women who are a size A or below are not excused from wearing a bra, A, and B, not going through the fitting process just because you think you don't have a lot of breast tissue. Yes. There was a big thing like a few years back. I don't know if you remember, but like Katie Holmes ran in the New York City Marathon with no bra. (laughs) I think it was the New York City Marathon. Yes. And people were like, okay, she has no bra. Like that's kind of crazy. She's running on pavement, like in a race. So this is like your high impact, but she's very small busted. So I remember at the time, like talking about it, like, okay, well, people were saying to me, did she need a bra? Was she in right to do that? My opinion is that yes, even the smallest amount of breast tissue, there have been tons of studies on it. And most of them out of the University of Portsmouth, they put women on treadmills, and they found that your breasts bounce up and down the length of a paperclip, even if you're just an A cup. So whether or not you are very, very small, A or a B, whatever, what have you, your breasts are moving up and down enough to contribute to sagging um, over time to contribute. And there's a lot of factors that go into sagging. It's genetics and all kinds of other stuff. But um, too, obviously, your breasts are bouncing up and down in during a high impact activity or even sometimes like running errands. And so you want to keep the breast tissue supported. It can lead to problems later in life. Absolutely. Some people even sleep in a bra or sleep with support if it's comfortable to them. Yes. I have too. Yeah. And I personally like to sleep in a bra. There's really no scientific studies. Like I have a friend who's a bra designer and she swears by that her boobs never sag. She's 50 and her, she swears or close to 50. And she swears that her boobs never sagged because she slept in a bra her whole life. And that, and she's a, a designer, like a technical bra designer. But I've never seen like any proof of that myself personally. I just, it's a preference for me. I'm comfortable sleeping in a bra. I have a couple of bras that I'm comfortable sleeping in. And so that's what I do. But it was funny because there was another study a few years back and it was basically a, I believe she was a French doctor. She studied several sets of twins over a very small amount of time and not really enough people to even consider a study in my, I think it was like 12 women. I mean, that's not like, a, a tr- in my opinion, that's not enough. And so anyway, she basically determined that the twins who wore bras over this amount of time sagged more than the other twin that didn't wear the bra. And so here comes Dr. Oz, like makes this big proclamation on his show rolls a video clip of me saying it's very important to wear a bra. Yeah, on his own show, they didn't tell me they were doing this either. So I was like, oh my gosh, 
rolls this clip. Janae Luciani was on here saying that you have to wear a bra if you don't want to sag. You know, essentially over time that contributes and you got to support the breast tissue. Well, a new study says you got to give them a rest. So give those, those ligaments a rest and they need to work themselves out. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like what the hell? So I just looked at the, the mere fact that the study was just not enough women, not enough m- amount of time. And even if you have twins that look identical and have similar genetics and all that stuff like that, they still might have some differences in their breasts. Like you can't, it's just not a good source. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, not just Dr. Oz, who I love and adore, by the way, I, lo- I do love Dr. Oz and I've worked with him a bunch of times, but it's not just Dr. Oz. It was like, major headlines all over the newspaper saying like proclaiming stop wearing a bra because it's causing you to sag and I was like oh my god (laughs) that that is crazy I just disagree I just really disagree with that I think it's common sense that supporting the breast tissue not just even if say you don't give a shit whether you're going to sag over time or whatever say you don't even care about that it's painful like it's right if they're not supported properly, like it's painful. I feel like I need, if I'm walking out and about and my boobs are bouncing up and down, that hurts. Uh, Like that's just not good. Right. So it's like kind of like common sense, (laughs) but let's talk about price. Mm -hmm. I think in my work as a personal stylist, the biggest style setback is money, especially if you don't shop a lot. People don't understand the value, why things cost what they cost, why, without getting into that, do you agree that you get what you pay for in a bra? Yes, I do believe you get what you pay for. However, I do think that there are very high quality materials and nice construction happening with mid-price bras. This was always the issue way back in the Oprah day with Susan Netherow. Sorry to interrupt. Can you define mid-price, please? Oh, like a $50 bra. Let's say a $50 bra, right? 40, 40 to $50. 40 to $50. Okay. Yes. Is a mid range bra. Like okay. let's Victoria's Secret range bra, you know, um, Soma. So that's a mid price bra. We're not talking about the $12 bra at Target. We're not right. talking, you know, we're tra- there is a range. It, bras go from the $12 bra to $180 and, and La Perla, whatever. So that's what I would consider mid-range. And most major companies are trying to fall within that range. You can get a really good quality bra with that. And back in the days of Oprah and Susan, when they would go on the show, you know, Susan sold, Susan's a specialty store. Intimacy was a specialty store. They sold European bras, you know, more expensive bras. And when she would go on TV and say, you know, this is what you need. And this is what you need if you're this. And this is what you need if you're this. And then you would cha-ching, like click on the price point, it was $150. Like that's out of reach for most women. And I remember like doing an event for Marshalls and TJ Maxx way back when, and where where I was, they were promoting their um, intimate apparel department and I was fitting editors and I had the editor of OK Magazine and she's like, oh my God, I just spent like $600 at whatever specialty shop in the city. And I'm going to go return them all because you showed me that I don't need to spend that much. So I think that if you are fitting properly and you're shopping mid-price and then you are taking care of your bras properly, that you will get longevity out of them. That is huge. Caring for your bras, how you care for them, 
there was just a thing um, on TikTok, a woman who said it like went viral, of course, because she said she only washes her bras once a year. And I don't know if she was joking or not. But besides being kind of disgusting and unhygienic, <laughs> um, if, especially if she's wearing it all the time, the dirt and the oils in our skin will break down the elasticity. So yes, you have like these innovative fabrics now, like microfiber, you know, nylon spandex blend. And these are like high tech kind of things that are happening, heat formed bras. I mean, there's like all kinds of cool stuff happening. Our own body heat and our sweat and everything that's in our skin is working against us essentially as you're wearing it. So you need to care for your bra. You need to wash it. I recommend if it's that material between every wearing, if it's a lace bra, not so you don't have to, that you can do every other, especially, you know, sports bra, that sort of thing. Every wearing, after every wearing, wash it. You don't have to spend a lot of time washing it. You can put it in a mesh garment bag and, and clasp the back and put it in your machine on cool water, gentle detergent. Do not put it in the dryer. Do not ever put it in the dryer. <laughs> I want to just explain the type of bra that fits me well, that I put my customers in because I believe this helps most breast types. This is not a one size fits all, but most people, yes. this is what we mean by a molded cup bra. Yes. That means it holds it. Do you agree with the fact you're not supposed to s- store it like this with the cups? Right. Correct? You don't want to do anything that's going to crush the cups, which is Correct. why it makes it challenging to uh, travel with a molded cup bra with an underwire. Um, if you have a wire-free t-shirt bra molded cup, then that's a different story. But you never really want to do anything that's going to essentially destroy the major components of the bra. And you're not supposed to hang it by the strap. You're supposed to lay it flat, correct? I'm okay with hanging. Okay. I don't think the, uh, the bra is heavy enough to do anything to the strap. Got I it. personally hang my own bras. I think it's fine to hang it to dry. You can put it over your shower rod or whatever, you know, too but I have no problem at all with hanging them. I think what's more kind of damaging to the straps is not putting it in a mesh garment bag if you wash it in the machine because everything will snag on either your clothing or it will snag on, especially if you have one of those center drum ones, forget it. Then it will stretch the strap out and essentially ruin it. When talking about money, I, I like to, and tell me if you agree with this, Janae, it's about the CPW. It's about the cost per wear. You're wearing it. Every single day. And you don't have to spend $150. The price point of your bras is a mid-price, you know, bra that's affordable to to most, right? And high-quality fabric. And a very high-quality fabric that you have researched and fitted. That's a great price bra to wear. But when you skimp, there's areas of your life where you can skimp. I'm the first one to admit that. Your lifestyle doesn't require, you know, very expensive designer clothes, but a bra is something that you should be buying what you can, the highest price you can afford. Do you agree with that? I agree completely. I think that's not the area to skimp. I'm very big on don't skimp on shoes because as we know, the wrong shoes can ruin your night. The wrong bra can ruin your night. Mm -hmm. Like it literally can and will. So these are the things that you definitely want to consider investment pieces, I would say. Um, again, you don't have to buy one that's 150 bucks, but right. consider it an investment in you and self-care too. Definitely in self-care. And there, I think the bra industry has really come a long way with the engineering and really staying up, like especially because I wear a strapless a lot. 
And if I can go dancing in my strapless bra, that's a good bra. Well, a lot of the adhesive bras and stuff, there's a lot out there now that people don't realize is there. Like bras that literally stick to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the backless. You know? Yeah. So it's like, there's so much now like out there with that, that you don't have to go for the traditional like strapless necessarily. How do we find your product? So everything's on JuneeLuciani.com. And then there's a shop button that links you right to um, remaining inventory from Gembra because there's really only not, there's really not much left um, with that. And then links you to books, uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, BenBellaBooks.com. That's my publisher. And really everything is there housed under. I just redid my website. So check it out. Tell me what you think. <laughs> and then of course, uh, linking through to um, articles I've been quoted in, articles I've written and my new podcast, which is called Visible Panty Lines, which you um, have been so gracious to help me give me advice on as well. Cause I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing with it. So I know what I'm doing as far as the people, the stories that I want and the interviews that I'm doing. And the idea is transparent conversations of um, inspiration, encouragement, and overcoming adversity. So I've had like some really cool guests so far and um, have already been ranking in the podcast charts, which is cool. So I can tell other people are liking it too, which is awesome. And I did talk about it on Access today that's airing um, nationwide. So that's cool. Hopefully some people download just from seeing me on my problem solving segment on Access daily. So that'd be cool too. So her podcast, Janae's podcast is called Visible Panty Lines. And there's a yes. picture of her in her bra and her underwear. <laughs> it's really super cute and like very retro. I love the picture. It was great. I did uh, listen to your first episode. Congratulations. Mazel Thank tov. You. So exciting. <laughs> I remember when I did my first episode, it was not cute. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> you did a great job and you interviewed Renee. Yes. From Mob from, Wives. From Mob Wives. And let me yep. tell you, she has had a very, yeah. very difficult life. Interesting life. Yep. And listening to her story for somebody who, uh, Jonathan said, my husband, he's like, oh, if it doesn't have puppies and rainbows, you don't like it just because I don't like scary violence, whatever. But listening to right. her story was very eye-opening to me because I'd never heard a story yes. like that before. Right. And that's like, I feel like people are expecting me to get on this pod and talk about underwear. And it's like, <laughs> yes, like the visible panty lines isn't, you know, the title of it is a nod to the fact that I am an intimate apparel expert, but then it's really about uncovering these amazing stories, mostly of women. I have a few men as well, but, you know, uncovering the root of the story, what has, we've all overcome some type of adversity in our lives. So it's like everyone has a story to tell in that sense. Being a journalist for 22 years now, that's what I love. I guess it's an extension of my work, kind of like helping people in that this is just another way to do that and kind of an expansion upon that. That's not just about underwear <laughs> or bras. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you're connected to a lot of very interesting people. So we look forward to hearing your podcast and supporting your podcast and really talking about it and getting you where you need to be. Because let me tell you, it's a labor of love. Yeah, for sure. And it's a great way to express yourself without writing everything down. 
it's kind of a quick fix and it connects you to people that yeah. maybe you, you wouldn't be connected with. And, you know, totally like, again, because I like happy endings and very positive people doing positive things. It's not something I would have listened to, to be honest with you, unless I know you. So because I know you, I did listen to it and I was like, wow, who else is she going to interview? Like that was really interesting to me. Well, yeah. And that's, I think an interesting point too, because I'm a, the same as you, like I consider myself and I talked about, and we had this whole conversation with Renee, but talking about being a light worker and someone that brings like joy essentially into other people's lives. And so whatever line of work I chose in this lifetime, I am bringing joy, like seeing the women that I help with bras and how happy they are and like their faces light up and they're like, oh my gosh, and the difference in their confidence. So my telling of their stories on VPL, the pod essentially is like, yes, we hear about something bad maybe that has happened to them in their lives, but then there's a positive outcome. Like there's always a happy ending to the story. You know, like my guest this week, Cody Renegar, um, his kind of story is like from homeless to Hollywood and he is Gwyneth Paltrow's hairstylist and he just came out with a book. So like you hear about, some of, and I don't get too much into detail, really what happened to him or anything like that. It's really more about like how he overcame his childhood and what he went through to become this big success. And that's really what the stories are. Like these people are overcoming really amazing hurdles. And this is like how I did it. And that's hopefully inspiring other people that they can do the same. I will tell you, Janae, you know, I've been doing a lot of manifesting and meditation and I have been asking the universe to put really important, powerful people, especially women, uh, because I love to support women entrepreneurs. That's my jam. I love to do that. And I am so grateful Mm -hmm. that the universe has put you in my path and I'm so happy to know you. And I, you know, it's funny. We met over Zoom, whatever, on the phone call. We fell in love. You were like, I have (laughs) to go. You don't understand. I have to go. I was like, I have so much more to ask you. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time to educate our insider bestie crew about bras and the importance of bras and having someone else, you know, a real industry expert explain why this is so important and why we need to really pay attention to not only breast health, but how your body's changing, adapt to that and evolve, mm-hmm. not only evolve your style, but evolve your bras because yeah. that could really make or break how you feel in your wardrobe. And thank you so much for explaining that with such clarity today. Yeah, no problem. Everybody get her book. It's called Get It. (laughs) Get It. It is with Jacqueline Lorita and Janae Luciani Senna. We are so excited. And I know you've got more interesting projects coming up. So we are excited to see what is coming next from you. And please tell us how we can find you. So JanaeLuciani.com. I'm on uh, TikTok at that bra chick. I'm on Insta <laughs> at Janae on TV, on Twitter at Janae Luciani. And again, my website is JanaeLuciani.com. And I'm pretty accessible with questions. A lot of times women write in with questions. So if anyone that's listening has a pressing question and they need, you know, bra advice or want a response, I always respond. <laughs> I never not respond. So happy to help. And you can always reach out. 
Well, I'm so grateful to you for your expertise and for your friendship. And I love making new friends, Aww, thank you. supporting <laughs> <Me too. laughs> women entrepreneurs. And so I would hope that you would come back because I would love to ask yeah. you more questions. I've gone way over your limit. I'm sure your phone is blowing up right now. <laughs> Janae Luciani Senna, please follow her on TikTok, Instagram. This has been such an incredible inspiration and exciting conversation. Janae, thank you again. My name is Holly Cates. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast. Please go back and listen to the fall trend report and listen to our New York Fashion Week wrap up. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite stylist and the hostess with the mostest. And as always, the only Holly you need to know. Check it out. Thank you so much. And we are out.